You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. And you are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom. To go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ. To be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You were not made to make excuses. time for you to take extreme ownership for your life, for all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. What is going on, everybody? This is your boy, Nathan Crankfield, and welcome to Seeking Excellence Podcast. Today, I am very excited to share with you some stuff that's been on my mind for a little while and, and some some things that I'm really coming off a fresh, recent experience with. And that's really all about this kind of review of, am I headed in the right direction? Is my life going the way that I envision? Is my life going the way that God wants my life to go? Am I on track to becoming the man or woman that God created me to be, that I want to be, that I hope to become? And there's so much to this because I've had so many times in my life where that was a resounding yes. I've had so many times in my life where that was a resounding no. And so, you know, life is complicated. Life moves really quickly. Life is challenging and filled with setbacks and difficulties and all types of different things. And so it's so important for us, if we're going to come and we're going to try to live this life of excellence, it's incredibly important for us to be really intentional with answering that question. It's important for us to um, understand the importance of accountability when it comes to this. It's important for us to take ownership of where we are. So if you remember my podcast from the, the very first one of 2023, I talked about these kind of three fundamental aspects or the, what I call the three foundations of excellence, and they are ownership, intentionality, and, and courage. Um, and I think that it takes, you know, extreme ownership to own where I am to say, okay, you know, my, my weight loss goals or my professional life or my relationship is not where I want it to be. And that's my responsibility. It's my fault and it's my responsibility. That gives me the power to change it. After I take responsibility for it, it takes courage to one, it takes courage to take responsibility for it, but then two, it takes courage to do something about it, start moving. And then you want to be intentional with those moves so that you can make the most of your time, make the most of your efforts, right? And so that's kind of what we're going to be getting into today is talking about this. We're going to be talking a little bit about some quarter one review and some Q2 planning, because I think that we ought to treat our lives very similar to a business. And I think a way that you can kind of evaluate where you're at in, uh, and, and just kind of how you're running your life, right? Like you're the CEO of you. Um, if you're if you're married and, and you're a man and you're a CEO of your family, if you're married and you're a woman and you're, you know, right up there, the the president, you know, if you say like a CEO and president, you can say you're the president of your family. 
Um, and so I think all those things are really, really important. And so we have to um, really be reflecting on how are we actually managing these things, right? It's not just about one a year, like especially seeking excellence, right? Seeking excellence is about once a year I go and I create some goals for myself and I am going to, you know, have all these New Year's resolutions and all these things I hope to do. And then I just, you know, never check in again is what most people do. But then I think the second worst thing you can do is to check it at the end of the year. Be like, how did things go? It's like, bro, that's not the that's not the move. You've heard the the often quoted phrase that we underestimate, we overestimate what we can do in five years. Or no, excuse me. We underestimate what we can do in five years, but we overestimate what we can do in five days, right? Or five weeks. So in these shorter time per- time periods, these shorter time frames, we really, really exaggerate what we're capable of getting done. Um, we think that, you know, in a week, in a few days or whatever, like I can, I can get the, I can change the world, right? I can get everything done. Um, and I've seen that in my own podcasting journey, right? You should have seen my goals at the very beginning were very, very lofty. They were like, yo, I'm going to go all in on this and I'm only going to do Seeking Excellence. And I, I really struggled with that because um, I, <laughs> while I think I'm, I'm largely not a people pleaser, I do understand that I have a struggle with saying uh, no to people. And maybe you do too you know, where people are asking you to get involved with things. I think the more involved you get, the more requests you get to get involved, um, the more, I don't want to say popular you get, but just as you kind of get settled in an area, right? I've been popping around from different place to different place. And so my social life was never really too dominating in my life because I was always kind of new in an area for like the last three or four years. But now that we're getting more settled in Denver, now there's two of us, there's just a lot more people that want to spend time with us, which is a huge blessing. And um, it's it's super cool, and I'm super grateful to see our friendships grow and develop. But that takes a lot of time as well. And then um, different speaking engagements, opportunities that have come up. So I've started to just kind of scale back my goals um, with keeping a minimum of something that I think is, is challenging and pushes me. But at the same time, I got to be like, okay, I can't set these goals that I'm constantly missing because it just like tears my you know mental up. And so uh, I can't just keep going and saying, okay, I'm gonna you know record five podcasts a week. It's like, homie, you're not. And that's okay. Nobody records five podcasts a week on the side of their job, right? Except for people who are like super, super dedicated to it. But I don't know any young adult Catholic who's putting out that much content. And so I have to say, okay, well, what's a reasonable amount? I can still do one or two per week. Maybe they're not always on time, right? I'm recording this at six something on on Monday morning, which I usually like to post them on Monday mornings. And so I'm a little bit behind on that. But it's like, okay, that's just, that's what life is, right? We're some like 12 days out from having a baby um, where, you know, weekends are crazy. Emily can't do a lot right now. So I'm Mr. Mom and it pretty hard at home. This so was like, yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're at. That's what life is going to be like right now. And so you start to kind of scale back. And I think you have to have this uh, balance, right? Of I'm going to push myself, um, but I'm not going to kill myself. But then I'm also not going to be like so soft to myself that I die from complacency. Um, and let me, let me say that again, because I think that was really good. I, I'm going to push myself, but I'm not going to kill myself, but I'm also not going to go soft, so soft on myself that I die of complacency because that's what a lot of people do. They live in these extremes where they're either grinding themselves into the ground or they are so soft on themselves that they get nothing done and nothing accomplished. And you know, based on reviewing your goals and kind of where you're just generally at in life, which one of those two categories you fall into because either you're crushing and getting a lot of shit done, but you're exhausted and just dead or you're not crushing it. You're not getting a lot of stuff done. You're not hitting the goals and becoming the person you want to become. Your prayer life doesn't look the way it should. 
in your eyes, your, uh, you know, physical fitness isn't where it should be. Your relationships aren't where they should be. And that can be a sign too of a lot of people pleasing and just kind of getting out of whack um, and allowing different things to dictate and dominate your life. So that's what we're going to be kind of diving into and reviewing today. First, I just want to encourage you, if you haven't yet, join our Locals page. You can do it for free. Um, Super helps me out. The other thing you can do to help the podcast is to leave us a review. Uh, I'm going to be reaching out to a lot of you guys uh, more personally to invite you to Locals and to invite you to leave a review. We haven't gotten a review in like five months or something crazy like that. So if you would just go and, and I mean, you could do the quick one where you just click on the five stars, or if you're feeling really generous today and you have two minutes to spare for this hour long podcast or however long this freaking thing's going to be, then I would love it if you could actually write a review. It could be two sentences, but it means a lot. So I greatly appreciate that. And then lastly, uh, just want to encourage you, um, just want to do a quick plug for Hallow. You know, Hallow's been crushing it. Number one prayer app in the world, number one Christian app in the world. Um, for a while there, we were the number one meditation app in the world. Um, and I don't know where we are currently at on that, but, um, we're closing in very close to 10 million downloads. So it is absolutely on and popping. If you are finishing up any type of Lenten practice that helped you to go closer to God in your prayer life, and you're looking to continue that, and maybe you don't want to, you know, get up early enough to go to mass as much as you were before, or be as dedicated to whatever you were doing. Um, Hallow is a great way to stay involved, to stay engaged in your faith. We have over 217 million prayers completed in the app, which is absolutely nuts. It's wild to watch it grow. It's like a couple million, two, like two to four million a week at this point, which is really, really crazy. Last time I checked, we had just crossed 200 million the week of our quarterly, which was how long ago? Three weeks ago? Yeah, the last week of March. And so that's pretty nuts. So we got some great content on there. We're doing Easter with Acts with Scott Hahn, where you'll go through the Acts of the Apostles. You'll hear it. You'll get some break, uh, breakdown of content on it, uh, of kind of breaking it down and get some insights on that. And so I encourage you to join that challenge or anything you see in the app. My personal favorite is just the litany of trust. And this is great for today. If you're looking and you're struggling and you're like, man, I'm really struggling with trust. I'm really struggling to believe that God has a plan for me. I'm really struggling to believe that God wants me to be heading in the right direction because maybe you keep hitting different setbacks and difficulties in your own life, then uh, the litany of trust might be for you. I apologize if I have any kind of like weird pauses today and things like that. It is early, so I am drinking my coffee and try to mute that out. But I also, um, not really feeling sick, but we we're in that weird time in Denver where it's like 80 degrees one day and like 35 the next, and that kind of gets to my throat. And can make me a little sick feeling. And we've been also like kind of sleeping with the windows open and stuff, which I feel like I don't think I have any allergies, but it does kind of just get to me, you know? Gets me feeling funky. And so uh, I apologize if there's any <laughs> kind of brief pauses and things like that. But that's something that is is kind of a core tenet of Seeking Excellence right now is that uh, the podcast, as you probably noticed before, like we're not, I'm not out here searching for perfection. And I think that's something that. I've talked about briefly before, but just want you to understand because I get a lot of, not a lot, that's an exaggeration, but I get several questions, you know, every couple months about starting a podcast because people would know I've been doing it for so long. So it's like any insights on equipment, technology to use, uh, editing, 
And editing's the big one that I feel like always gets people tripped up. And I remember talking to people way back in the day um, when I first was starting out and I had different friends and people I was talking to. And this is one of those things that I think was somewhat of a, you know, if I had, if I had good moments in my kind of entrepreneurship, if you will, with the podcast um, or just my leadership in it or my insights on it, I think one of the big ones, and I don't think many people have taken me up on this, but I think one of the big ones I had was not being a perfectionist about it. Where I said, you know what? I want it to be edited. I want it to, I want there to be like some touch on it. I want to have a nice microphone. So my, you know, you listening right now, you can hear my my beautiful voice that's kind of nasally because of the the minor sickness I was just describing. But I wanted you to be able to hear that. And I wanted to, you know, obviously take big things out if Luna starts barking or if there's construction in the backyard, which there almost always is, or anything like that, right? I, I don't want anything ridiculous. I don't want it to sound like I'm just recording on my my cell phone. But at the same time, I had friends who would just go through and they were like matching audios and like going super deep and and listening to every second to make sure that it was good. And I've had people tell me, oh, you should you should edit it to where you take out every pause. It would like, you know, turn down. It would it would it would take the podcast from an hour and make it 40 minutes if, if you removed every pause. And, and I'm like, dude, ain't, ain't nobody got time for that. You know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody got time for that. I know I for damn sure don't. And I'm not asking my editor, my homie Henry. I'm like, yo, we we don't have to do all that. You know, Henry's got kids. I got kids coming. Um, a kid coming. I shouldn't say kids, uh, but married. We got jobs to do like, we, we don't have all that. And, and that's what allows us to do multiple podcasts a week on a normal week because we don't spend as much time as it would take me to record a second podcast or longer doing that. And then think about it. If, if I'm spending the time that I would meticulously edit this podcast doing a second one or, I mean, uh, not even not even that, not, not or, but that, that's what I can get done in that same period of time, right? Let's say it's three hours in a week. On the other side, if I was recording for one hour and then had to edit for two hours and then think about doing a second one, that would be doubling my time, right? That would take me from three hours to six hours. And that's something that I think is is, is key as well to the life of excellence is just having this mindset of efficiency. And you don't want to be efficiency to the point where you're sloppy. And so that's where we have to grow and, and challenge ourselves and where last year I made a big step up in microphones, especially with guest recording, you might remember. Um, last summer. And so you, you make some investments over time, you start to improve over time. But one of the things that people really miss out on is that action is so, so important. And when you overwhelm yourself with little details and little nonsense, like, yes, maybe, um, you know, my audio could be better. Maybe we could take out the gaps. But like, let's say God does have plans for me to do this full time someday. Right now, I'm just trying to get those 10,000 hours in, right? And I'm not going to get to 10,000 hours. But I'll get a lot in, right? So maybe I'll be at 500 episodes when um, I could have only been at 50 or 100 or 200 or 250, right? And and there's something to getting that quantity in when it comes to practice, right? It, it doesn't have to always be perfect practice, but you want to be practicing the right things. You want to be getting the experience, getting the opportunities in. And this is what I think a lot of people miss out on. It's like when I'm uh, publishing blogs and things like that. No, not all of it's perfect, but it all does go to kind of building my um, reputation within the church. When I share blogs in other spaces, um, my, my, my talks and all that stuff, like nothing's polished and perfect, but I'm getting opportunities. I'm getting experience in, 
whether that's giving virtual talks, giving in-person talks. Um, and yes, you know, being spread thin is difficult in that way, but I still am getting those reps in and you can't manufacture the experience with perfection. And you're not actually going to get perfect at doing the craft if you do it less. That's the thing, right? So it's kind of like polishing up a turd. Like my early podcasts were bad, man. I don't know. Some people tell me, I remember I had a guy recently that reached out to me. He was like, yo, I just started listening to your podcast. And I was like, oh, what what'd you listen to recently? He was like, oh, I started from the beginning. I was like, damn, bro, you're going to be done by like episode 20 because those were whack. They sounded bad. I wasn't, I didn't know what the hell I was talking about uh, just because it's difficult, right? It's difficult to sit. I'm sitting in my basement right now with a, a scratchy camera because I'm in the, like one of our basement bedrooms and the lighting's really bad. And it's six, seven o'clock in the morning now. And you're just kind of sitting around. It's like, and nobody's there. You get no feedback. Like podcasting's hard. And so this this can be so many things in your life. This is the same thing as the gym sometimes, where it's like if you're going to the gym, sometimes just getting the rep in of just getting there is worth it. Even if you only have 30 minutes, even if you're not super hip on how to work out, you've been doing the same workout for a while. Over time, you're going to start to be so interested in it because it becomes a part of who you are and what you do that you're going to actually start to look more into it and you're going to start to improve the quality of the things you're doing. But I think getting started oftentimes is just about quantity. It's just about getting reps in. So this applies obviously to, to all the different seven pillars, but I want to talk about it in, in specifically in a few. And so are you, are you headed in the right direction? Think about that for a second. You know, your life, you know, who you are, you know, uh, when you were at your, your point, uh, you, you know, your kind of high point, if you will, what uh, St. Ignatius of Loyola calls times of consolation, right? So this is often like post-conversion. Maybe you've had a recent conversion and, and we're always having conversions, right? I think a lot of times people will say, you know, after I had my conversion, it's like, man, I don't always love that. And I, I, I don't always love uh, even myself saying that. So a lot of times I'll say, you know, I converted in eighth grade. And that was kind of my emotional conversion. Then I had a more like intellectual uh, conversion of the mind and heart when I was in college. But I've been having ongoing conversions, right? I fell away big time during times while I was in the army, struggled times after the army and had to have like a conversion back, right? Um, so we're always, God is always converting our hearts uh, to be more like his. And so anytime you have this kind of mountaintop or high experience, right? I've had them recently in adoration, different times in my marriage, um, we had a whole, like, uh, sometimes after even just like Bible study or men's groups that I go to, or a men's conference that I go to, I'll kind of be coming off a high. And those times are your times of consolation. Now, one thing that St. Ignatius of Loyola, I should do a whole podcast episode on the rules for discernment, just a practical application of those, because they're so, so good. But one of my favorite ones, and I don't know which one it is, there's 14 of them, I believe. Um, and I love them all. I encourage you to read them. If I remember, I'll put them, a link in the show notes. But one thing that St. Ignatius said that I think is super, super wise is that you make plans and changes in your life when you're in times of consolation, so times of feeling good. And then in times of desolation, you never change those plans, but actually double down on the good things. And so uh, if you think about what that means, right? So I'm in times of consolation. That means when I'm feeling really good and grateful for my marriage and for my house and for my dog, that is when I should decide how often I'm going to walk my dog and play with her. That's when I should decide how many how many date nights a week or a month me and the wife are going to have, right? That's when I should decide how I'm going to take care of my house and what my standard is for taking care of my home. 
any anything like that, right? When you're feeling good about your job, that's when you should set your standards. And when you're feeling down on something, that's when you should actually push into those things, right? So think about this in your spiritual life. When I'm in these times of consolation, sometimes you can overdo it. This is why it's important not to just get drunk with consolation. So you're at a retreat and you're like, I'm going to go to, you come out of that. You're like, I'm going to go to mass every single day. I'm going to pray a holy hour five times a week in adoration. I'm going to go to confession every week. And it's like, homie, I get it. Like you can be really zealous, especially if it's your first like big conversion. But for a lot of us, it's like you set these unrealistic goals and that the devil, I think, actually sneaks in to make us set too high of goals for ourselves. Because if he can do that, one of the devil's greatest tools is discouragement. So if he can get you to say, I'm going to be St. Teresa of Avila in two weeks, then in two weeks, he can be like, you still suck, dog. And you're like, I do still suck. And then you fade away and you give up and you stop making progress. And so when you have these conversions, make sure that you're setting goals that are incremental and that go back to that standard that I said earlier, where you're not going to push yourself so hard that you're going to kill yourself and kill your momentum and kill your drive and kill your motivation. But you're also not going to be so soft on yourself that you die of sloth and complacency. And so uh, thinking about that, when you come when you come out of that conversion, when you come out of these high experiences, it could even just be a good, strong Sunday mass. Those are great times to evaluate any standards you set for yourself in the past because they're the, the times that you have a clear mind, you're motivated and inspired to do the things. And so that's when it's a good time to sit back and reflect. That's why we often do our um, board meetings, Emily and I, on Sundays, Sunday afternoons, because we love Mass. We love Our Lady of Lords, which is our parish. If you've never heard me say that before, then this must be your first podcast episode. But we love Lords, and we love our Mass experience, and we love the community there. And so we come out of that feeling good, feeling fresh. And we're like, all right, let's talk about our week. Let's see how things are going. And so... That's that's something, as I kind of mentioned earlier, I want to just dive a little bit deeper into the the Q1 and Q2 planning um, and kind of what that really looks like. And so one of the best areas of my life where I really did this this year was with Seeking Excellence Goals. And so what I did for SE, which is what I would encourage you to do, and we'll review this, of course, when we get back to... Uh, when we get back to, you know, coming up on the new year because it's kind of late to do this, but... It's late to do this for 2023, but I think it's important to understand and recognize that like we're in mid-April. We just finished the first quarter. So if you look at your year like a football game, we're at the very beginning of the second quarter, right? Football games have 15-minute quarters. We've got about 11 minutes left in the second quarter. And you know that if, if you watch football at all, if you're, if you're American. Um, and I know there are several, or I don't know what, I don't know what many would be defined as, but Many non-Americans who listen to the podcast, and I love you and appreciate you as well. Shout out to my Australians and Canadians out there seeking excellence. Um, would love to, to hear from some of you guys on social media. But if you watch football, you know that if I'm losing, if my team's, if the squad's losing, if Michigan's losing with uh, 11 minutes left in the second quarter against a good team, like I'm not really tripping, right? There's so much football left to play. There's so much game left, so much time left in the game. I'm not tripping. So if you are somebody and you're like, man, I was feeling really shitty. Maybe you had a, a tough holiday season and coming out of that, you were like, I don't want to set goals for the year. Or I just was too busy or preoccupied or whatever it is. Right. And you didn't get to it. Dude, do it now. Do it now. If, if Let me ask you something. Do you know what goals you're currently pursuing? Do you know what goals you're currently pursuing? 
Because if you don't, if you can't name to me a good like three to five of things you're trying to do, things you're getting ready for, then you're living a stagnant life. And and this is something that is so critical. It's so central to seeking excellence because so many uh, so many Catholic podcasts, and, and I haven't I haven't touched on this in a minute. But one of the things that that that, that pushed me to start this, one of the reasons why I wanted to start this was because I was like, I can't be alone in being. I can't be the only person who is tired of just constantly f- feeling like and hearing from church things, whether that that's church podcasts or uh, speakers or whatever, that like, I'm okay where I am, right? This is something that I really hit on in my talks over Lent, during Lent, is that we eventually have to go from understanding who we are. So understanding who we are, what I mean by that is understanding you hear it a lot, especially in women's talks, but you do hear it in men's talks a lot as well, that you're a beloved son, you're a beloved daughter. And that's 100% true. And we have to embrace that love every single day. And I have to understand that I'm loved. I have to know that I'm loved. I have to intellectually accept it. And at least at some point, I have to emotionally feel it. And God, I believe, wants us to emotionally feel that. Not all the time where we're just like kind of basking in consolation constantly because we're going to go through hardship and crosses. But God does want us to feel that he loves us. He wants us to know that. He wants us to feel it, experience it, embrace it. But at what point do I go, okay, that is who I am. I have Nathan Cranefield, the beloved son of God, son of God, the father, the creator of the universe. Jesus Christ suffered and died for me. Um, The Holy Spirit wants to live in me and transform me. I can understand that. At what point do I then say, okay, who am I capable of becoming? With all this knowledge, with knowing that I'm loved by God, with knowing that God wants me to be a saint, wants me to be amazing, wants me to be great, with knowing I have the Holy Spirit to transform me, with knowing I have the sacraments to guide me and help me along the way and to strengthen me and give me the grace needed to go undergo the change that is necessary for me to become the man that God created me to be. With all that in mind, dude, when do I transition into who am I capable of becoming? And and that's that's what this is about. And what I've learned over the last you know couple of years is that yeah, there's a lot of people who are interested in that. We we have over a hundred thousand plays, hundred thousand downloads, uh, actually over hundred ten now. But it's not as many people are, as are interested in uh, theology podcasts or in the kind of really feminine, emotional, kind of like comforting podcasts and about wounds and healing and um, podcasts that are just kind of about BSing and girl talk and, and just kind of random stuff. People are more interested in that. And I started this knowing that. I started this knowing that I think there is a very small audience out there for this who are actually interested in being great and doing what it takes to be great, that that love personal growth, that love hard work, that love the grind aspect, that have mental toughness, that want to be more mentally tough while still you know striving to be mentally healthy, that want to have strong relationships, that want to care about personal finance and investing and business and professional excellence, that want to care about physical fitness. I know you, you can talk to anybody in the church. You know there's not a big appetite for that. I, I meet Catholics. Every week I'll meet new Catholics. And there's not a huge appetite for excellence. I know that. And the church has gotten so far away, you know, from Pope Francis down to a lot of the priests, we've gotten so far away of preaching anything remotely close to excellence. Because what what do we mostly hear from Pope Francis? You're kind of good where you are. Who am I to judge? Um, There's not really a lot of like challenging, like be great, be a great saint that we heard from like JP2 
or, you know, St. Pius X, like, and many of the great saints of the past, right, where they had these kind of challenging words, these great preachers that were telling us, like, hey, you're capable of being a lot more than you are. And I think that's a very masculine message. I think that men really love that. I think a lot of men don't like the church because I only want to be told you're you're good, like you're good and love the way you are so many times. Because once you if you're realistic with yourself and you know your own sinfulness, then you're like, hey, I, I got that. Like I, I really appreciate that. I truly do. God, God in St. Paul, uh St. Paul says that God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so we know that God loves us by this, by the fact that he loves us while we are still sinners, so much that he would die for us on a cross. But at the same time, you know, like you just, I just got tired of hearing that because once you embrace and you accept it, then you're kind of like, now what? But so many things, this is kind of my complaint. If you remember my podcast from last week, kind of criticizing dynamic Catholic and places like it that kind of lead people in this constant state of beginning. And yes, we have to have this kind of new beginning through confession and through repentance and constant conversion, but we're not meant to stay at a 101 level forever. That's not what saints did. Saints were not at the same level of knowledge, the same level of holiness, the same level of prayer for their entire lives. That's just not how it goes. And so I I just have always had this desire to want to be great. And I just, I believe in my heart that there's many more people out there like me, um, and maybe we just haven't found them yet, or maybe there's just a smaller audience for that. And I kind of started knowing, okay, I could be, you know, I could I could get my master's in theology. I got accepted to the Augustine Institute, got offered a great scholarship to go there. And I could have just, you know, made theology kind of fun and engaging and done what a lot of other Catholic speakers do. I, I could have done that. But this is what the mission I believe God placed on my heart to say, okay, let's talk about excellence. Let's talk about excellence in all the different areas of life. Let's talk about how faith and reason apply to all these different areas in life and how that is the source and the actual foundation for what these things that a lot of the followers of Jordan Peterson, a lot of the followers of Andrew Tate are looking for when they are trying to be better. And that's why so many men flock to them, I think. Jocko Willink, David Goggins. Because it's like men want to do hard things. And there's a lot of women out there who have that same uh, mentality. And they want to get after it. They want to have a great marriage and a great family. They want to be a great mother. They want to be great at their job, whether that's a stay-at-home mom or it's working in the professional world. And that's, that's what we're here for. That's what we're all about. And so that's why I'm telling you, my friends, going back to the point, if you can't tell me a few of your goals that you're currently working towards, you're not living a life of excellence. And if you're not, that's okay. I'm not here to shame you for not, but let's recognize that. Let's acknowledge it for what it is. You're not on top of it if you can't tell me three to five things that you're working towards this year. What are you working to close this year? What are the things you're coming up on? And then breaking that down, Again, this is kind of, I know I got kind of off on a tangent there, but this is kind of how I set it up with Seeking Excellence this year. Um, one thing I think that's great to do is you want to start reviewing your goals for the year around, you, you're doing it quarterly, but then like really trying to hit it hard in like December, right? Early December after Thanksgiving is a great time. And what I did was I basically created a pre-year checklist. So I started setting some 2023 goals at that time. And I said, okay, here's some things I need to get set up. If I want to have goals for locals and how many people I want to join, which if you haven't joined yet, you're killing my goals, dog. I'm advertised on the podcast. You're listening to my podcast on a regular basis. Why are you not joining us at seekingexcellence.locals.com? Come join us. Why are you being a scrub? That's not excellent. It's not excellent to listen to the podcast regularly and not join locals. So thank you. I know. 
uh, some of you will join today. I believe in you. I believe in you. So I have to create the locals page, right? If I'm going to crush locals in 2023, I have to uh, start scheduling some guests, right? I have to kind of get some of these things ready, right? So I can get ready going into the new year. And then I have year long, like year wide goals of things I want to do throughout the entire year. And uh, then I have, um, I broke it down to like Q1. All right. So that's kind of how I break it down. So first you go through and you set your yearly goals. And so if you haven't done this yet, you can still do it now where I'm setting my goals for the year. And then I want to break it down to like, okay, if it's before the year, which is a great time to do it, then what's kind of my pre-year checklist? And if it's not before the year, let's say you're already started, you're just doing it now. What are some things that you can knock out like in a weekend where I can give myself half a Saturday and it's like, okay, I need to set up a budget, right? You're setting a financial goal. And it's like, I need to set up a budget. I need to talk with my spouse about said budget. That can be done in a weekend, but that can be kind of your pre-checklist, right? Where like, if your goal for the year is to budget or to save a certain amount of money, you need to write that down. You need to discuss it with your spouse. You need to create a plan for it, understand where that money is going to come from. And that's how you're going to actually work towards that goal. Then once you have the list of goals, then you start breaking them down by the quarter. And then in the quarter, you start breaking them down by the month or the week, right? And you start to actually think about how can I actually get towards some of these things? So that's how you start to kind of chunk it up. Now, what's really important, if you did set your goals for 2023, is how are you going to do your quarterly review? Have you gone back and asked yourself, asked yourself, this year so far, how am I doing professionally? Am I heading in the right direction in my career? For me, working in sales at Hallow, I have clear numbers that I'm supposed to hit, right, for the quarter. Um, kind of, I have kind of three different main goals. I hit two out of the three, right? Um, some were really good. And then one was a little bit of a struggle, which was kind of a you know an issue with kind of how we projected the the goals and and part of the issue, issue with um, the way that I sold different things. But those are kind of my practical things of like, okay, here's my very um, pragmatic idea of understanding professionally, am I on the right track? The other, the other roles that I have at, at Hallow, like my retreats that I ran or my weekly talks that I gave at my parish, you know, as Hallow, like our Hallow Lenten challenge. How did those go? Am I reviewing that? Am I, did I become better as a speaker? Did I, did I improve on, on different areas of my life? Right. Then financially, financially is another one that's very, very practical. It's very easy. It's not very subjective. It's a very objective thing. Is our net worth higher now than it was at the beginning of the year? Are we tithing each month the way that we had set out to? Are we investing in the way that we had set out to? And what percentage of our income are we investing? Um, other things, if you have any kind of like side hustles, other jobs that you do, how is that going? Are you actually growing that? Is that improving? Um, but taking time to actually analyze that. And if you're married, you have to do it together. Even if you're engaged, I encourage you to do it together because it's a great practice to start. But financially, you have to, uh, you know, really be on top of that and really be measuring that and monitoring it. There's simple ways to do it. If you just want to do like just net worth, so you can see you're at least trending in the right direction. That's like a 20 minute um, budgeting session you can do. But I encourage you to do it takes me about an hour and a half at the end of the month to really go through our budget. Um, and, and one thing I've started doing really well in the last couple of months is I'll just create it's like quick, really easy. I feel like people think that I put a lot of time into it when I say this. But I started doing slides for our budget meeting. So I run that. I'm the CFO of the house here in the Crankfield home. Uh, we had to adjust in a pretty big way how we were budgeting because we had really gotten off track with some of the spending we were doing, especially as we were uh, doing a lot of home renovations and then preparing for the baby. 
And we made some great changes and now we're in a really, really awesome spot. And what's awesome is that we got more disciplined and we're both happier with how we got. Uh, and maybe Emily and I will kind of break that down some uh, couple budgeting in a podcast sometime. Let me know if you'd like to hear that. Then you have some more, uh, you know, another one that's really objective is uh, physically. You know, I've lost, I think it's like 17 pounds, 18 pounds this year so far. And so that's that's keeping on track with my goal of about five pounds per month. I, I really, I really plateau around this point. So I'm right around 230 right now. Um, and I hit like 229 right before Easter. And so then you got Easter candy, Easter desserts and all this stuff. And so now I'm kind of on my way back down of like, okay, now I got to go to the gym, you know, a good four, four times this week, four or five times and really start to get back on the wagon, get back on the train. And that's okay. You know, you fall off a little bit. Life and seeking excellence is very much about three steps forward, two steps back, right? Sometimes you can manage three steps forward, one step back, three steps forward, zero. Sometimes it's three and three, right? But the point is that you're going to keep going. Um, and then you have physically or, or mentally, excuse me, mentally. Or have you learned stuff this year? One of my goals for the year is to um, I always set reading goals. You know this if you've been following for a while. And so I always set reading goals. I think I set mine kind of low this year because of having uh, a baby. And so last year in 2022, I actually crushed it pretty good. I, I read three, 33 books. I do include my audio books in there. Um, I didn't crush it in the second or, or the, the last four months of the year, really, because in August, I finished my 31st book last year. And now I, you know, in November, I finished two more, but that was it for September through December of last year. Now, in 2023, I'm nine in. I got nine done in the first quarter of the year. I'm working my way through several right now, and so they're all going to kind of finish at the same time. But I'm on track, right? 25 books. I'm on pace for 36. And so I, I think paternity leave is going to be a good opportunity for me to read as well. But we'll see how that goes because that could be the opposite. Um, but that's a good thing to kind of evaluate. Am I being mentally tough? Have I done anything hard this year? I did Exodus 90. That was one of my goals to kind of, you know, strengthen my mental toughness again, to stay engaged. Working out has also been really helpful in that area as well. Um, and then relationally. So you have different relationships in your life. You have a relationship with your parents. You have a relationship with your spouse or significant other. You have friendships. How are things going? I can tell you off the top of my head right now, friendships that, that seem really strained and distant. I can tell you how my relationships are going with my parents, which are changing. And there's obviously different aspects to that. I can tell you about my relationship with my in-laws and my other family. Um, and then I can obviously tell you detailed kind of how my relationship has grown and changed with Emily this year, uh, you know, my marriage and, and then different other friendships and things like that as well. But how have things grown and evolved and changed? Um, what are some of our goals together? How have we been doing with date nights? How have we been doing uh, with serving each other? Right. And and it's it's awesome to just take time to evaluate that we talk about with each other. She's the only one that I really talk about the relationship with. There's times in friendships and things like that, where I do that with people, but it's pretty rare compared to how often I do it in my marriage. Um, but those are super important things. And so then the last, the last kind of thing I want to hit on here is restarting when you lose your momentum, because in all of these different areas, right? So I, I, I physically is probably my biggest example of three steps forward, two steps back. Financially, honestly, we had taken like one step forward, three steps back, probably. Um, professionally, I feel like I was kind of like three, two, maybe three, three. Um, and then 
what was the other one? Oh, with mentally. So the this one we had, had just taken no steps. Literally. And so what what I'm referring to is is book club. So if, if you follow me on Instagram, you saw me kind of talk about this this past weekend. But Emily and I just had our first book club of January or, or of 2023. We picked our books for the year back in January. And this is something that I think is so important because we talk about this with a lot of different people. Uh, we just had a couple over on uh, on Saturday night. We were hanging out with Mari and Trey uh, from West Coast Catholic. They were here in town, uh, just moved back to Colorado. So we get to see them a little bit more now, hopefully. Um but we were just hanging out with them and Trey on Sunday morning was like, Hey, are you reading this book? Like you have two copies of 13 things mentally tough, mentally strong people don't do. That's our current book. He saw that there was two of them. And I was like, yeah, we actually do a book club together. And so it's like, every time I tell somebody about it, they're like, wow, that's so cool. That's great. And I'm like, yeah, the, the one thing that I really wanted to share and be transparent about is that we don't always crush it. I think we've talked about this briefly in the past, but we've never gone 12 for 12 in a single year. What we typically end up with is somewhere around six to eight. Now that's six to eight more books than the typical couple reads together. And we discuss them. And not only are we reading the books, which is great because that's that's like five to seven more books than the typical person reads in a year. Um, but we're still like growing together. We're, we're having these great conversations that come out of the books where we are sharing and evaluating and, and we can share additional insights being married to each other. Or like, yeah, I think you're really good at this. Or this is a place where I think you struggle. How can I help you in this area? And all that kind of stuff. And so it's super, super helpful. But we haven't done a single one this entire year. And it's hard. It's hard to do all this stuff. And I recognize that. And that's why I wanted to share this. Because I feel like when I encourage you to seek excellence in your life, you're like, damn, bro, that's a lot of stuff you're trying to tell me to do and be good at. And I'm like, yes, it is. And you're going to have time periods that are like this, where you just suck. Where it's like, so I'm supposed to do a monthly budget meeting with my spouse. I'm supposed to do weekly board meetings with my spouse. I'm supposed to also do book club and, and read. It's like, when are we supposed to do all this stuff? And we're supposed to still have a life and do all these other things. And it's like, yeah, because sometimes you'll take four months off from one of them. Now you want to take four months off of those three. If I have to take four months off any of them, I want to take it off the least important one, which is actually book club. The weekly board meetings and check-ins, they can be done very speedily if needed. We've done them in a the car before. Um, but they need to happen. And there's we probably get three out of four of those in, in a month. And then the budget meeting needs to happen if we're going to be financially excellent. I at least need to be doing it myself and evaluating where we are, having a conversation over dinner, just to update and be like, hey, this is where things are kind of at. This is where we're overspending. This is where we need to put more money. We, you, that has to happen, right? And, and sometimes that's me staying up late at night on a Saturday or a Monday or a Thursday so I can get that stuff done. But you want to prioritize these different things and you want to understand, okay, just because we haven't done it for a really long time, one thing I did was at the end of March, I bought the two books. And this was Emily's month. Usually the person whose month it is is supposed to buy the books. I hadn't bought the books for either of my months in January or March. And so there doesn't have to be like, oh, this is her month. No, I can be a grown, I can be a grown adult and I can say, okay, I'm going to surprise her. And I ordered the books for us. We got the books. I'm going to start reading first because it's important to me. I'm trying to get us, our momentum back. I don't have to rely on her. She's got a lot going on. She's growing a human. Um, and so I can take it and I can say, okay, I want us to start doing this again. I'm going to lead by example. I'm going to buy the books. I'm going to start reading the book. And then I'm going to tell her or ask her, when would you like to do book club this week? And say, this is the point we're supposed to be read to. 
let's get to it. And then we start to make more time to read in the evenings and in afternoons and the morning. And we just get back on track. And then you have one, you love it. And then you're like, we should do this more often. And that's how it goes, right? This is how it is when you, when you lose momentum on something you've been doing that's so good, so great. We advertised it. I posted the whole book list for the year on locals. We've been talking about it and we didn't do any of it. And that's how, you know, that happens. This is what I'm talking about where you're going to have goals where you set things. And it's like, this is a nice idea and we'd love to do it. And it sounds awesome. And people are excited when I tell them about it. But sometimes it just doesn't happen for a while. And that's kind of the perfectionist mindset where it's like, I don't have to be perfect with it. The point is, if I can get back on track now and do it for the rest of the year, again, we're going to have done nine more books than every other couple that we know pretty much because most couples don't do book club together. You know, people who are in book clubs separately, but how are you growing and learning things together? And then we want to start doing podcasts on some of the books we've read together because we think that would be a great thing to kind of share with you all. And so that's my encouragement to you. You Maybe it's your physical fitness. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your professional life. Maybe it's your relationships. Maybe it's your reading or your prayer life or your evangelization or getting involved at your parish. Maybe you've grown stagnant in some of these areas of your life. And I don't want to say it's okay, like it's okay that you should just stay there because it's not, right? Don't stay in this kind of stagnant filth. But it happens. And it's time now for you to get back up and evaluate your life. Give yourself a one to 10 in the seven pillars of excellence. Review these things and think about how am I actually living my life? Am I heading in the right direction? Am I trending towards the man or woman that I hope to become? The, the husband or wife, the father or mother that I hope to be. And that's your motivation, right? I want to be excellent. I want to be amazing because I want to be a great father. And I don't think there's many mediocre men who are great fathers. I think of great fathers as great men and men who understand their priorities, understand their vocation, understand the importance of physical health, of mental health, of relationships, of professional excellence and setting the example in that way of financial stewardship. I want to be that, right? And so my son is days to weeks of, of joining joining us here in the home, right? It's going to be happening very, very soon. And we're excited for that. I've been waiting my whole life for this, but I've been especially waiting the last decade for this and trying to prepare myself for that. And so what are you most inspired by? What what most excites you? Just being the glory of God, right? The glory of God is man fully alive, St. Irenaeus. What does it mean to be fully alive? In my opinion, it's seeking excellence. And so if you're here today, I know you're that type of person. I know you're most likely the type of person that wants to get after it. You're most likely the type of person that wants to grind. You want to work towards being great. You're tired of hearing the kind of fluffy theology of just how loved you are and how special you are. And you're just special flower and everybody gets a participation trophy and we're all amazing and you're amazing. Like I, I remember coming across the, uh, I can't remember, I think it's like do harder things. Um, the other uh, Catholic ministry and they're like tagline and the guy kind of goes around. I can't remember his name. I'd love to do a podcast with him someday. I think they're a great ministry. But I just remember coming across like the shirts and all the stuff of like, you're amazing. It's like a lot of people are not amazing. I don't know why it's like, I don't know why we have to do that. I don't know why we have to say that, that you're amazing. Or this kind of goes back to the dynamic Catholic thing. You're a dynamic Catholic. If you do the basics of a, uh, the Catholic church asks you to do, that's not, that's not amazing. That's not dynamic. It's not outstanding. We don't have to act like mediocrity is greatness. And so if I'm being mediocre right now, that if you're being mediocre right now, my friend, that's. That's, that happens. We all fall backwards. We all, you know, take steps back. We all plateau at times. But now it's time to get up. 
Now it's time to get your ass up and start doing the work and start doing the things that you know make you excellent. Start going back to the gym. Start eating healthy again. Start making time for your prayer life. You can go to daily mass at least once a week. You can go to adoration at least every other week. You can go to confession every month. There's no excuse for why you're not doing that. You can make these things happen. You can read at least two books a month, at least one for sure. You can at least read one book a month. You have the mental capacity to do that. It's like eight pages a day. You're capable of being much more than you are. And I hope that you realize that. I hope that you understand that. I hope that you understand that God's love for you is so profound that he wants to transform you into being a better man or woman. He wants to transform you into a saint, into an excellent human being. And so with that, my friends, I encourage you one more time, join us on Locals. That's where you're going to get more of the content, more of my favorite YouTube videos, podcasts I'm coming across, these things that are pumping me up and inspiring me and where I'm learning all these things. I'm sharing my sources on there. And so I want you to join us there so you can read those things, you can listen to them, um, and and we can be uh, you know, on the same track together. And so God bless you. Thanks so much for listening. If this is powerful, helpful for you today, share with your accountability partner. Share it with a friend or family member of yours who you know has fallen into kind of a stagnant place and needs a little kick in the butt right now. Because we all, I always say, have a, have a ratio of needing a, a pat on the back and a kick in the ass. And sometimes we do too much patting in the church and not enough kicking. And so uh, I hope this was a great kick for you today. Remember to fight hard. Keep doing uh, the good work in your do- that you're doing in your life. Drop the bad habits in your life. Make time for more good and pound the things that you know draw you closer to God and to, to being fully alive. Be your best.